Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Equality Radio. It's our first episode. It's our first episode. Yeah, we're here. I'm DJ Proper. I'm Andre Luna. And uh, we just want to welcome all you guys to our channel and uh, get right into it. Let's get right into it. Uh, definitely with what happened with the DNC was uh, kind of disturbing. What's yeah. your feelings on that? Um, so I myself was unable to vote at that time. I was actually 17, so one year away is really bad for me because I was very civically engaged. I wanted to vote for the first time, but unfortunately I was too young. And like you said, I agreed with what Bernie said. I felt like he was the candidate for the future. And I think a lot of problems that we have in this country are that we look at the short-term solutions rather than the long-term solutions. So an example for that is like, you know, um, climate change, a lot of the policies that we have now are to enact it for the future generations to make sure that they have, you know, not as a worse environment if we didn't do anything. And that's something that I'm really proud of. And something that Bernie Sanders was going to do is make education free. So when he was running, I was barely going to get into college. So, I mean, about, I would be a person that would benefit from free college. So I was pretty down for that. But, you know, he just spoke to a lot of people outside of just elderly people. Right. He spoke to the younger generation that couldn't vote yet. And I think in a lot of polls that um, that checked this um, kind of like group of people that couldn't vote, he would have won by a landslide. Right. So you were definitely feeling the burn. I was feeling the burn. All right. So, I mean, that that's where I think a lot of people were at is that they were identifying with his message. And then the primary came along and as someone who did vote in that primary and was observing what was going on online. You could see that the hashtags, his were exponentially up there, way above Trump, way above Hillary. There was a His movement, movement, a monumental movement. And then uh, Hillary got the nomination. And then I definitely feel that there was a backlash from a lot of the supporters that he had they felt that they would sooner not vote for Hillary because of the resentment of what happened. On the right wing side, we have uh, definitely a heavy team mentality. Mm -hmm. Us being Trojans, we could understand team mentality. Obviously, we fight on till the wheels fall off and that is, you know, win or lose, we're still Trojans. So that's a love that can't be debated and I understand wanting to support your team mm -hmm. but I definitely do see that with a lot of my friends because I always try and come on a thing of that I'm not on the left or the right I, I believe in a bipartisan approach and I, I believe that both sides do have things to bring to the table and we need to discern what is the factual mm. stances and then meet somewhere in the middle and uh, that's one thing I've definitely noticed with the right the right the right side is that with Trump supporters right wrong or indifferent they were willing to vote for Trump no matter what and with on the left hand side I can I can attribute to that um, you know like I said I couldn't vote but I knew a lot of other people that could um, a lot of my teachers spoke to me about kind of like who they were voting for even though I don't think they're supposed to uh, one of them went green party she was just like you know right. what uh, I believe in this person's belief and I was like well I believe in your belief but you know 
a vote that's not the Democratic Party is a vote for Donald Trump. Thank you. So and <laughs> there's a lot of people that said the same thing. They were like, I'm not going to vote anyways. And then another option was to write in candidates. Right. And I had one of my teachers who actually, I don't know, has been voting for like 20, 30 years, look, look me in the eye and said, like, I voted for Captain Kirk. And I was like, there you go. No. On oh, the Starship Enterprise. Yeah. Right? <laughs> At least got one vote. Space Force, right? So. Exactly. And then, um, you know, we also had people voting for Harambe back in those days. and Kanye, I think, might have took a little bit of a run, too. Yeah, and it's just, it's just crazy to see Easy that, for Preezy. <laughs> so I think, you know, even though, like, Bernie was an outsider, he's definitely influenced the Democratic Party. You know, I'm going to say, like, you know, I'm more to the left, you know. But I believe that Bernie was able to put more people into perspective of what the left really is, and that's progressive movements mm -hmm. that are also benefiting society, but also the future. Right. And I think that there's a big issue of that people confuse the difference between a socialist and a democratic socialist and stuff, is that they consider a democratic socialist communism, that type of thing, and not understanding that no, when they say a democratic socialist, that means uh, freeways, Medicare, these type of things. That I don't are, even think that's socialism. I think that's just progressive. Yeah, you know, we're so, just trying to be progressive and improve not only our lives but the lives of all people in this country. Yeah. Is he coming in as an independent or is he coming in as a democrat? And I was saying that I noticed that Donald Trump was very much loving that. Bernie was hopping back at the mix, and from what I can gather, what I saw so far is that he's running as an independent, and you were saying that you believe he is running as a, a Democratic. Yeah, because we spoke a little bit more about what it means to be an independent, and I think what it means to be truly independent is like the Green Party and all these other third-party candidates that are just running on their own platforms and just kind of going off of what they believe in. I believe Bernie is not only shaping what he believes in to be more attainable, he's making it so that more people could actually vote for it. And to me, that means he's choosing the Democratic side. Um, you know, he's definitely going to go for the primary. Uh, it's interesting to see his route, what he's going to take from there, but I think that he is going to run as a Democrat. Okay. And what are your feelings as far as, because I was just reading an article online about this, is that they would... A lot of people feel that there was a lot of votes suppressed by the DNC and that he did win that nomination and that although that the DNC didn't do anything illegal, mm -hmm. that they definitely favored Hillary and gave her the nomination and I think that put kind of a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. And how do you feel about I that people that would want to say that the, the candidate that received the most support and represents the people's interests to the best should be represented by the party and then sometimes because they may not be in line with what the powers that be in that circle mm -hmm. that they might not get that nomination and even though Bernie once again might have a massive movement behind them that they might just pull the rug underneath them I mean it, I feel like it was yesterday that I remember walking away going how did he lose <laughs> You know, uh, just as you're describing that scenario, the first thing that came to my mind was the actual election for 2016. Uh, Hillary Clinton won by, I think, a million or almost two million votes. Definitely did win the popular vote. And, uh, you know, Donald Trump won. So, you know, it's just another sign of well, that's just it, like an injustice in our system that needs to be fixed. I think if the DNC made the same mistake twice, they would see the repercussions. There's a lot of reasons why yeah, people didn't vote for Hillary, but one of the reasons was because 
people felt that Bernie was stolen from that election, that it should have been his. Mm -hmm. And even if you want to say it was his or it wasn't his, it resulted in people not voting. And I think the just like the history of our country and how many people had to go to so we have this right to vote, is just really sad to see that these people don't want to vote, at least for someone that they believe in or someone they don't believe in, uh, to make sure that they make their voices heard. Yeah, and I, I yeah. definitely think that having our voices heard is what's more important and most important. And a couple weeks ago, before anyone really started announcing that they were going to run for president, I actually tweeted out to President Obama. <laughs> and I kind of just said to him, I mean, I doubt, I, who knows if he ever gets, I'm sure he's tagged millions of times, so to be able to fuddle through everyone trying to ask him or something, but I was trying to express to him is that when he was running as a candidate, he embodied something that I think that's very important, and which is youth and vigor and, and energy. And I think that's where people felt disenchanted is that not only whether it was a racial or an economic disparity that they felt uh, uh, as a, a heavy disconnect. And yes, do I acknowledge that Bernie for his age is a healthy man and mentally capable, but he's also an older man, just like what we're dealing with Donald Trump right now. And there are issues of that someone of that age, that's difficult when people are dealing with health issues at that age that are natural that anyone would be facing comparatively to someone who's in their 50s, like Obama, he was a constitutional law professor. He was <laughs> someone who was a community worker and understood the bureaucracy of our system and more importantly understood the constitution. And although he might have been in allegiance with the military industrial complex with the larger powers of be wall street that type of stuff at least he was an articulate candidate that came forward and uh embodied a movement and i was asking obama hey can't we find someone who's a little bit younger someone that is well-spoken educated because I really believe for us to move forward as a nation, as a people, that's what we start have to start giving the glory to, giving the shine to, is the scientists, the educators, the people that are the foundation that historically have built up a better society, the people that based our arguments off of the facts, off, off of science, and uh, more importantly, off of truth and integrity. And obviously, when we're talking about politicians, I probably would even side a little bit with Bob Marley that politicians are politicians, and they're not Martin Luther King, but even Martin Luther King, as a civil rights worker, as a philanthropist, we're all false. What's the word? Uh, flawed individuals and uh, I think the term you're looking for is we're all human we're all human exactly we're all human except my mom I guarantee you she would say <laughs> that she's perfect sure so it's just controversy around those right. issues so uh, 
obviously, we're also in a week now that Colin Kaepernick did sign, I believe it was a, an $80 million deal with uh, Ed Reed, with the NFL, came to a settlement. It's definitely, I think, a hard pill to swallow, maybe, for some people about, yes, he's getting compensation, <clears throat> but how much progress on this issue of police violence and, we'll, we'll, and being related to it, because I think that's where we're, where the root, root of why Jay-Z and why Rihanna didn't take these gigs is because they felt that there was a very apparent disrespect towards between the players and the community and the NFL and how they were uh, reacting to it and almost basically persecuting anyone that uh, spoke up for civil rights. Mm -hmm. I just believe that um, Colin Kaepernick stood up for what he believed in and basically, you know, going back to what we spoke about, Bernie started a movement. Um, he just wanted to raise awareness for how people, how black people were treated in this country and for me at least, I think he broadened the view for most people that don't even consider it. Um, you know, living in California, we've always been advocates for that and really just kind of like realizing that, you know, we live in a bubble in a sense, you know, other parts of the country don't really see the way we see and for what Kaepernick did was to basically raise the awareness for these people, you know, right. to kind of like show them what really is going on in America. And, you know, Jay-Z and Rihanna and Beyonce adding to what they did is, you know, give more promise to the situation to show how important it really is because the halftime Super Bowl show is beyond, like, the pinnacle of someone's career, right? Right. Someone can say. And that's what the argument is to be made is that, you know, these people are well-established and everyone knows who they are. And you have someone like Travis Scott, you know, coming off a great year, uh, Astroworld, uh, the birth of his daughter, um, Stormy. You know, you have this young up-and-comer who's about the movement, but who's really also about his career. And he had to decide between the two, and I think, you know, he did what was best for his career. Right, well, he's definitely not in a position to be able to... A lot of the exposure that comes from the, the halftime show has been a paradox for most artists, just like with, like with the Grammys and... Uh, it's kind of a paradox in the sense of that Jay-Z, Rihanna, these type of people are at a point in their career that they're iconic and have so many things with business, especially with that Rockefeller family that Rihanna with her Fenty beauty and stuff, she's making substantial money, whereas other upcoming artists that they're trying to just figure it out. She level, yeah. Yeah, just get it, trying to get exposure. I mean, th these are artists that maybe if you if you put in, oh, who are the top 10 pop artists, these people fall into it. And Travis Scott was coming out with a new album and hey, he was shined from the Grammys and the, 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 the counterpoint that we were talking about is uh, Charles Gambino not showing up for the Grammys and the Grammys historically have had issues with disconnects with the artists between feeling that the artists that were making the most noise in the business or maybe relating most to the communities 
aren't necessarily always winning. That's true. Yeah. I, I think uh, I... I mean, just look at my sweater. Kendrick Lamar, man. Got the gym twice. Damn. So there you go. And there's a lot of artists, Jimi Hendrix, Bob Marley, that have never been recognized. And that's a hard one. I think that's maybe why uh, Danny Glover didn't show up. Uh, Childish Gambino. I mean, I think he... That has to be a paradox for him as an artist himself. Being there, knowing he just won two of the biggest awards in music. And maybe... Yeah, I mean, did he think he wasn't going to win? Is that why he didn't show up? Or that might have been a, you know, an amazing experience for him to be there, but I think it's kind of a kiss and a smack as an artist because when you have all these amazing groups, I mean, I even think Queen, a lot of iconic groups that never won a Grammy, so uh, to gauge what is success in the music business, and then... I think Drake put it best, right? When he says, if you're... You don't rep- need this. If you're yeah. rapping your city and you got everyone singing your lyrics, you've made it. But he's also in a position where he's been nominated more than anyone and it's like I always say people that say money don't only a rich person would say money don't matter you know it's you know Kanye said it perfectly having money is not everything not having it is so coming from a community of people that understand struggle that it goes back to like hey it's a lot of backlash towards Big Boy for performing too saying that you know, he sold out. But they used to say that about Outkast. They used to be like, yeah, you sold out. And Andre used to joke, you know, yeah, I did sell out. I sold out all my records out of the record shop. And what is that? I mean, I think as long as you're staying true to your art form and true to your fan base and true to yourself, it's like Michael Jackson had a gift. It would have drove him nuts if he didn't go out there and do music. So he, that was... He wasn't trying to sell out. He was just trying to be the best at his craft. And as someone who grew up with people that were right next to him, he was obsessive with practice. A lot of the greats, there was nothing special about them except that they practice. Quincy Jones and especially us at uh, SC. You see, there ain't no special magic solution besides putting in the hard work and it's hard work it's practice 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 work 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 and even if you are extremely talented there's so many people out there i mean i joke with some of my students I'm like hey even if you go mcdonald's there's someone trying to cook the best hamburger you're always going to deal with the competition there but isn't that what makes it the best is that competition that's one thing i always loved about hip-hop it's so one thing that maybe even kind of concerns me about the culture right now is that... Which kind of all sounding the same. Gangstar used to have this mentality of that, yo, if we didn't, if a crowd didn't know who we were, they didn't know our music, wherever we were, wherever we showed up, we presented the material and it was able to translate to the crowd no matter, no matter where we were at, as a traveling band, on some James Brown, get there, you got a good live act. It translates. I am definitely not a hater. I go to a lot of these new shows. I see people going nuts for Little Pump. All these people that people talk crap about. There's a generation if, if of people it, that love them. I think if it's the right occasion, you know. 
you know, people love it. Uh, but I would debate, though, and some that with some of these artists that if they just had to show up at a talent show, though, or the the people weren't exposed to their music, it'd be a little bit different comparatively to the b boy battle culture that I grew up in, where it was like, hey, no one knows who you are. I'm just dope, and this is why. Now it's like. I see in the entertainment business a big crutch of that, like, oh, well, they're familiar with my music, so that's why they think it's, you know, they're, they're just so inundated by it. But, hey, that's, I'm guilty of it myself, too. There's been many artists in my life where I was like, at first I didn't really vibe off of them. Hey, this new artist is a, at first when I heard her being tied in that I have family that is connected to the Fenty people and Rihanna, I used to always think that she was biting off of her style, but now, after a while and seeing her do her own thing, I think she's a very talented artist, and it grew on me. I can't say that her music or her movement didn't grow on me, and sometimes, it's like that that new hip-hop album, a lot of times it takes three or, three or four times to listen, and thank God they have that access to people because sometimes I, I think that's the hardest thing is getting exposure to people is that if they hear people are generally as a DJ when I go out to a show or growing up in the music business even when you're at a Jay-Z show now and he does a new song people kind of back up a little bit unless they're really familiar with it or when I'm DJing and I'm looking over a crowd they generally just want the hits even if I play something that's really dope mm -hmm doesn't always translate in the same way. Yeah. People have the things that they're just used to knowing. Yeah. I, you know, 21 Savage, you know, came out with this music video a lot, and then immediately after releasing it, he was arrested for um, being, overstaying his visa since he's not an American citizen. Yeah, well, uh, I think there's a couple points with that. Uh, I was kind of taken back that Jay-Z had to pay for his legal fees, but then I found out that this is a new law through 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 Trump that they, through Trump and ICE, that now they are seizing the assets and freezing your bank accounts if you're an immigrant, and that's why that's he scary. wasn't able to pay for his own defense, because I was kind of like, why does anyone got to pay for this guy's defense? He has hundreds of thousands of dollars in his, in his interviews. He's doing songs with J. Cole, one of the biggest people in the business right now. Definitely making noise. They make memes, <laughs> memes about him, you know? People make millions. People make memes. <laughs> Some people make millions. Yeah. Some people make memes. And that definitely hit a point with me. But I think that there was definitely a feeling of that 21 Savage did some conscious stuff and then all of a sudden there was like a backlash towards him and stuff in that if you kind of get in line with promoting a certain agenda, you know, you always, always get the push, but then when he started talking subconscious stuff, and I don't even know if it's that deep because, I mean, look at what happened with Takashi 69 I don't know. I mean, personally... I don't understand. If you grew up around gangsters or if you're around gangsters, why would you be talking about stuff all the time? It's one of the weirdest things. I think there's some comedy sketches about it that I've seen over the years. They're like, you're talking about everybody. You're dropping here. You're dropping there. And like, I watched them on the... What was it? The Breakfast Club. 
yeah. and he's talking about all this stuff and I'm like they're gonna come swoop this kid up like yeah. you can't and then Fat Joe reached out to him like yo youngin yeah I get it that's where you're from that's where a lot of us are from this is what we're from it's what we grew up in but now that you're in the spotlight you need to behave yourself because they're, you're under a magnifying glass and they're going to come swoop you up real quick. Yeah. And he just kind of felt like he was Above it. King Kong in it, you know. And I just, I, I never saw, I'm conflicted about it because I see a lot of people justifying why he's snitching on these other people and why he said, I think that if he was as much of a gangster as he always said he was, then he's a gangster, he takes his bid, he does what he does, and he keeps his mouth shut because he was more than a... Definitely when he would talk about it, all he would say is how much of a gangster he was and how tough he was and how he was La Costa Nostra, Mafia, this, that, to the end. And then just to see him that he gets popped and he, he snitching on everyone, I definitely... seemed highly predictable to me. It's sad because... The guy is so talented, and I, even if I don't agree, maybe with some of his trolling tactics or the quality of his music and stuff, the guy was an entertainer. I mean, a lot of times in the music business, it's about being an entertainer, and he's a great entertainer. He knows how to position himself to constantly bring, be bringing new content. He was a great content creator, but one thing that I at least a lot of people that I grew up in the hood with this is like they would be like hey yo this is my album but I'm telling you so you don't make the same mistakes that I made and this were my stories and this is where I'm from but I'm not promoting I mean we lost Pac, Biggie, Big L so many people we've lost the violence throughout the years and stuff it's like anyone that grew up in the hood and stuff understands that like Yo, that's some real gangster stuff. Like, real gangster people... Like, this is some real gangster stuff. Like, yo, if he's really dealing with... Like, it never really made sense. If he's so gangster, why is he... Talking about things like that and stuff? It just... Yeah. It just seemed sadly predictable that that's where that was going to end up. And, unfortunately, now there's a lot of life's ruined. On it on many levels and stuff. His... His mainly, yeah. because the world goes on. That's the one thing that you will find out. I mean, I grew up with a group here in L.A. called Living Legends, and Sunspot Jones used to have this song called The World Goes On Without You, and it's self-evident, you know. The, there's always going to be a new act. There's always going to be a new commodity, a new headline, and you know, fortunately, that story's written now for him, and it's good. there's going to be... All this time, there's nothing worse than having your freedom taken away from you. And I've definitely seen a lot of people with their freedom taken away from them. And that's, you know... I think the, the good thing, I mean, there's no good thing that comes with a situation like this. But the good thing is that people will understand the problems that he made and kind of try to learn from them. I mean, like you said, it's kind of like not normal for someone that lives that life to be speaking about it so publicly, you know. Maybe people that, you know, do what they got to do. Um, just kind of realize that if once you're in that spotlight, you know, yeah. people are looking at you no matter what you're doing. And I, de I definitely think it was a different culture. I mean, like 20, 30 years ago, 
there wasn't as much exposure with the internet and that type of thing, Definitely social true. media. So we wouldn't be able to do this like we're doing right now, 20, 30 years ago. Not unless you had generally a bigger crew or, or, or access to more stuff. I mean, exactly. you gotta love it how technology technology has given us access to be able to speak our voices to the world and hopefully uh, connect and get people to relate with certain emotions and feelings and energy that uh, we could all build upon. That being said, there's all aspects of that. So, and, and I think generally, I get it. I mean, I people, life is so stressful. Life is so hard. People just want to party and vibe and just have a good time and not be stressed out. I mean, that it ain't nothing new in hip hop. As someone who's been around for a minute in this, like, the thing of that, yo, it's just a good beat. I ain't listening to the lyrics. Is something that's been going on for a long time. And conscious music, and it's a lot of people come to me and they're like, oh, popular. Oh, you know, you're just you're just on subconscious. I always want to be like, yo, I'm on some real. Like, so if there's there's all aspects of that. Like, there's a time I want to party. There's a time I want to convey knowledge to people. There's, but I also feel that. This world, you know, this life is a beautiful thing, and we gotta be able to represent all aspects of it and stuff. And music, in its most beautiful form, is making people relate and people be endeared to it because making it's, connections. Yeah, making connection. If you feel like, hey, Jay Z talks about it all the time, people vicariously live through people and stuff. I mean, most people are never gonna live that life. Most people are said so. Emulate yourself. So finding that balance. That's why I say I always tell my students and stuff, who cares if this person knocks your music or this person has something bad to say, just do something that's true to your heart and something that you believe in because there could be so many people that aren't vibing off it, but there could still be a billion people out there that that's the best thing on earth to them. And maybe yeah. I don't feel it. Maybe I don't get it. I mean, we I, we can talk about it like most of the world's uh, most memorized leaders were not, you know, accepted at their time or recognized for their worth. And really, it just speaks volumes to you being outside the box and you being creative with what you do. Um, you know, you might not get the recognition you deserve now, but, you know, if you continue striving your craft and making really what you really are, because like you said, art is art and you're a reflection of what you are. So if you are basically making what you are into art, it should be continuing and not change because of some motif or something that's popular in the now, you know. Stay true to yourself, really. Yeah, and then so, going to another point, what do we think about uh, extension, uh, Triple Extension being taken out of the Grammy, the, the people that passed on? It's a, it's a tough conversation, really. Um, and Mac Miller, not winning, I mean, it's kind of... I really, I'm really glad that Cardi B shared the award with him, but you know, probably should have won that. Yeah, I mean, Cardi B has definitely made a lot of moves and stuff, but I mean, I, I think she's got some great beats. I was not a big fan of Kodak Black when that came out. I, I have issue with it and stuff of that. There's a lot of young kids that look up to Cardi and stuff, and it's like sometimes I wish, like, with some of that music, it could be just like 18 and over. And yes, that's it. it 
anyone that was saying, I, as an artist myself, that's on the parents to control what the kid's being exposed to and no, you know, disrespect to her in that sense of that, like, I'm knocking what she does, but like, let's be real, like, that's some, it's inundated on culture and stuff and the four-year-old, when you're an artist that is now on Alexa commercials and this and that, there is a level of responsibility to and it's just like kind of like a stripper culture and it's just like it's just very sexually driven and hey as a as a hetero man that i think she's gorgeous i i think i, I get it why it sells her nikki you know like these girls are sexy they're lyrical it's a it's a package but they're seeing my little niece you know, six years old, exposed to some of those lyrics, like, hey, and hey, when I was younger, there was even other artists, it's always been there in music and entertainment uh, of adult stuff being pressed on upon the culture for the younger people and stuff and everything. Yeah. But we're digressing a little bit. I, 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 the point being was, is that, uh, extension to handle and it's kind of crazy because when he passed on i i'll be real like i'm i'm usually on the pulse of music underground music what's going out there who's new who's new popping i never even really heard a whole boy and i'm opposite man i heard about him since uh his first song look at me uh, i mean really uh 2016 uh 2016 was a Weird year for me, you know, Trump won. Yeah. All after that, I was just kind of like, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. You know, I kind of figured, you know, we were kind of just... I'm like surprised, you know, I'm still like... 2016, we thought it was over. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, XX, um, you know, RIP. Um, controversial guy. I understand there's a lot of things that come with his name. But really, it's about what you look for at a reward show, right? Are you really awarding the person or the artist? And, you know, there's a lot of different artists that we can name that have controversial stories or have just things that they would not want to be said that differentiate us and our opinions of them because they did these things. And because we don't know these things and we're oblivious to them, we still, like, look up to them, you know? Fault. People, they're human, like you said earlier. Like, they're human, you know? And I'm not trying to say, like, X deserved, like, at least, you know, some... You know, tribute. All I just want is some, like, you know, acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. This is a human being. Yeah, well, because, like, is. even, like, you know, his girlfriend, like, she was like, I wish, I wish nothing upon him. Like, yeah. I didn't wish he was dead. I wish he was still here with us. You know, because no matter, like, how bad you hated another human being or whatever you have against them, you shouldn't wish death upon anyone. And also, too, I think it goes back to things that people believe and. I'll just say it, I think people think it's racially motivated. It's that they go like, how is someone like X who was as popular as he was in, in music, and then all of a sudden they just don't put him in the thing. I think it was more about his past with his, with his girlfriend than anything. I mean, we're talking, they did Phil Spector and everything, yeah, exactly. and a like, this, exactly. that, 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 this is a lot of people. In, but, in, but it's, there you go, he's a white guy, so. Like, like we said, remember, is that like most of these people don't know about like, <coughs> these people's histories, you know? Yeah. Like, if we educated them, they might have a different opinion. But this is kind of like you said. People know about Phil Spector, especially well, older. When he, when, he, when, he, when, he won, when he won his award and his recognition. No, I'm saying that, the, the, that there's a lot of people in the music business that are 
been known to have issues. I mean, I'm pretty sure R. Kelly has won a Grammy yeah. or two. Yeah. And people, everyone knew. Even 20 years ago, everyone around knew that he was sleeping, sleeping with Aaliyah. She was 15. I even think yeah. there were some other things going on there. So, I mean, the, yeah. the point I'm trying to express is how does someone have that much of a number one hit? I believe it was... The next day, he had the number one song at Pandora or something, or Spotify, like one of the biggest stream songs of all time or something. That's a historic thing, and to have someone in the, the music business that did something as historic as that, and then not be acknowledged. And I joked, sort of sarcastically, because I had never heard of him, and all, every, like, right after he died, for a week or two, everyone was posting about him, and I said, hey, because there were so many uh, comparisons to Tupac, and I was like, yo, dude, like, no, this guy ain't Pac. Like, Pac had 800 more songs than him, four more movies, you know, like, there was so much more he did that people wouldn't even really be talking about this guy after a while. And it's crazy because after a couple of weeks, I never really saw anyone talking about him as much and everything. And it was kind of sad because it took him not being in the Grammy thing for people to start talking about it again and you know it, it's sad it's just you would think that someone who impacted a generation or there was all these other artists that did songs about him tributes this that someone that obviously was a fixture in the music if you took in that year the top 10 acts that made an impact yeah. He would be in that conversation. Definitely. And then not to even get acknowledgement has to be hurtful for him. more than anything else for his family. You know, I mean, Definitely. how how are these people who are staples of the music industry just getting looked past because whatever? I don't know. Weeks ago, Jesse Smollett, a character on Empire, um, openly gay black man, was in Chicago and got beat up. Um, on camera by two, um, I think he said people from Nigeria. Um, the whole story behind it was that this was a hate crime, and then it was released that the people that beat him up or supposedly beat him up uh, were cooperating with police and basically said that Jesse Smollett um, paid, paid them, off. yeah, paid, paid them, them to, to do it, paid him off to do it. So now we're just kind of seeing like an influx of did he do it, did he not do it? People saying like, of course he didn't do it, and then now we just finding out that he actually got a level four indictment. Well, I think also too is that there is a little bit of a psychology behind it is that he did get a legitimate death threat and he brought it and he felt it wasn't getting any press or exposure and I think he won. And how about this? Coming from someone that was raised in the entertainment business, a lot of things are staged and you might hear about it in the news and they go oh but it was something staged it's a PR campaign so like yeah. he got caught yeah. he got caught career, and, yeah. you know it's gonna ruin his career it's very sad um, but I believe that there there has to be something deeper rooted psychological you know the court should show leniency and there's been a lot of outcry I think of getting him in trouble mm -hmm. yeah. but you know I think a lot of people in the culture and the community with the person who falsely accu accused Emmett Till getting murdered is still alive 
and never she falsely accused him of doing so he got the man killed no one ever went after her there's been a historically a lot of people that have done horrible things especially towards the black community and then there was never ever any consequences and stuff as far as legal consequences so i mean that's horrible i mean yeah is it messed up what he did for sure probably feels stupider than anyone that he got caught but when you have so many cops that shot people that that didn't get you get arrested themselves or serve any type of time i think there's a lot of people that are kind of like hey there's a lot more crimes out there people committing crimes that deserve to have some type of justice or retribution comparatively to some guy who obviously was dealing with some mental issues if someone did really give him a death threat that probably psychologically affected him it would, fact, do, it would do to me at least as I said, yeah. I'm sure him being an, an actor standing up for his you know Community. his sexuality too yeah. and stuff and everything knowing of that I've had a lot of people in my life that were gay that Although maybe in the bigger cities, there's a lot of acceptance and tolerance. I've known a lot of even some of our students at uh, SC have told us that they have, they feel so accepted and there's a level of tolerance and love and acceptance. But then when they go back home to blah, 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 nowhere, town in USA or wherever, or even a lot of my international students, they go there. There's a lot of intolerance and bigotry and him to be an openly gay man in the community and stuff and everything. I'm sure there's issues there. Having it that some racial thing once again in 2019 is happening again probably affects it would affect anyone. I mean, and that has to come into play. But in our society, it's always about, especially now we live in this trolling society. It isn't Very about, trolling, yeah. you know, it's always about stirring the pot stirring the pot and, and, someone. Yeah, and everything is so polarized where really it's like it's so to the left or so, so to the right and almost sometimes uh, a factual stance for people's arguments is out the window it's just very emotional yeah, and I mean you can look at it like this I mean most of the time when president does something stupid you know you have people on the left just trolling him yeah. you know CNN just ripping into him right. and then you have this situation with Jesse where it's like it's their opportunity to rip the left and you know you just see that repercussions from both sides where it's like you know we're just poking the bear and we're just so off we're so polarized at this point where it's just like you know we don't see each other as the same anymore yeah and that's the thing it's like if you do look at a lot of Trump voters there are people that because there's been a lot of journalists that have gone in and investigated it. There's a lot of people that voted for Obama that ended up voting for Trump because, yeah, because they feel a certain type of way. And I know people that on both ends, they're, they're, they're it's sometimes they're, it seems like they're lashing out of, out of anger because they feel that they're freaking out because at the end of the day and that's why i started worldwide familia and equality radio with my friends here and stuff about 
this message of that no matter your race, no matter your place, we're all family. And, uh, you know, I have friends that are in Iran. They're great people. It's just that they have to deal with government, this and, you know, people all around the world. It's not the people in North Korea. It's their leader that's crazy that would kill them or anything. It's or if it's someone in Russia and stuff, they're not bad Russians. They're people that are afraid that Putin's going to murder them. So if they go out of line, you know, or even here, you know, there's such division. But really, at the end of the day, at least with the quality radio, one thing I want to convey is that, you know, we are all family. And, you know, regardless of our... We can just sit down and talk about something that's affecting us. Yeah, and then hopefully we could... Uh, get to a point where things are just based out of truth and love and uh, facts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one thing that we talked about. Is anything, it's just facts. So, I mean, we just want to welcome you all you guys for our first episode of Equality Radio. We hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. And, enjoyed making it. You know, that's just where we're coming from. We want this to be about what is the factual argument, what is the thing that uh, emulates truth the most and as Trojan family one thing I showed you originally was we have a thing called a rete mm-hmm. which is living your fullest life on the basis of moral standards and that you can live your best life by emulating those things and I hopefully I was hope that this program it cultivates a generation and a movement of things that are based out of Elon Musk just did an interview and he was talking about, I'm not concerned about my own personal motives, I'm concerned about what's best for everybody. What is the most scientific answer that mutually benefits all of us? Because really at the end of the day, we are. I think that's what they're scared of is that we are one tribe. You know, we all obviously descended from one people and stuff and I think they're worried that if no matter what the religion was or no matter what the skin tone was, is that if everyone came together and saw that we're all family, that's a movement that nothing could ever stop and stuff because that's the original tribe. That's, you know, a, if a everyone, family. If everyone's looking out for each other and everyone's living their best life, really, is that anything that you can complain against? Yeah, man. So, hey, guys, I just want to say uh, peace, love, and happiness. This is a quality radio Episode one, season one, season one. We're here, man. Hey, guys, fight on, guys. Hashtag video robot.